Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Davo, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. What's going on, Matty? How are we? Another good, Sunday good, good. day, another another day to talk uh, Steelers football, and you know this is the week that we have the the Pro Bowl, and um, this week it's it's to do with with Madden and stuff like that, which is quite weird. But and the Pro Bowl used to be something really fun to watch, so it's kind of a good thing, I guess. You know, our, our Steelers aren't really in because it's it's only Pro Bowl week and there's no real football, so it's kind of like we are going to the off season, uh, and then of course we've got the big Super Bowl next week, which is. Um, yeah, Chiefs and uh, Pats, oh, Chiefs and Bucks, pretty much. So Brady's in there again, which I this is just his tenth time uh, around for the Super Bowl. Which is like, what are you? What are your quick thoughts on that? Like, like for him being there ten, like ten times. Like I know we have a a big hatred for the guy, and I certainly do. Like he's always to me, he's a guy in school was was so good at everything, and you just had to hate him for it. Like Brady, ten times there. It's almost a season worth of uh, Super Bowl. What do you reckon? Yeah, so looks like you're picking up on Jeff's sentiment. Um, so as everyone knows, we're part of BTSC's family of podcasts. So BTSC is behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Jeff actually had a really interesting article, one of the co-editors, um, the other co-editor being Dave Schofield as well. But Jeff did an editorial sort of comment feature around exactly what you picked up on there, Mark, which was, you know, Brady's <laughs> that that guy at school, the good-looking guy, he's good at everything, he's QB1, has everything in life, and he's in another Super Bowl. 
and it's tiring. And as a Steelers fan, you're like, oh. And I mean, look, and a big shout out to the people, everyone that's joining the live chat already. Jer Devil, Big Bro Sco, Ty, Azadic Noble, AJ's in there as usual. But people are already starting to say, it's damn that guy again. And also, they're loaded. I mean, the the Bucks have absolutely loaded up for this season. Um, it's it's no surprise that they're sitting there. Um, but look, they they got there. They beat a very good Green Bay team. I mean, that's a very good Green Bay team that we talked about. Um, and as last week when we did a bit of a preview of the AFC Championship game and the NFC oh. Championship game as well. Um, I sort of said if it was going to be if it was going to be the Packers, then let's take the Bills. Let's get them in there. It'd be a hard game with lots of you know splash pays. But if the Bucks are going to get in, well, let's make sure it's Patrick Mahomes in there slinging their rock um, and taking down Tom Brady. So, I mean, look, the NFL they couldn't have asked for more. I mean, apart from having State Farm buy all the ads for the Super Bowl, if Aaron Rodgers had got in with Patrick Mahomes, you've now had a situation you've got the you know. The, the goat for a lot of people in Brady, and then you've got the up-and-coming goat in Patrick Mahomes there, back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean, marketability-wise, it's great. And actually, Mark, it's really interesting because there was a question that um, I posed in or a topic that I posed in the BTSC Slack channel this week, which I was dying to – I didn't get – I didn't have time this week to write an article about it or anything like it, a um, bit of an opinion piece, but I was dying to actually get your thoughts on it as well. Um and that's around the salary cap. So with the salary cap, obviously we know that's one of the major questions this offseason. And in fact, I should, t- I should tease the title for today's show. The Steelers offseason is all about the number one. So we're going to go through a bunch of reasons why the number one is the, is the important thing to be thinking about with everything that's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let's start with the cap. So when we talk about the cap potentially lowering, You've seen agents come out this week and actually say, actually, we think the salary cap will remain the same or go higher. And obviously, it's this big debate right now. Is the salary cap going to be the floor of $175 million? Is it going to be the floor of um, $180 million, which is what Pro Football Talk are projecting at? Is it going to be $190? Whatever it is. Um, I think it's very interesting what the NFL choose to do here because if we think about it, the NFL, once we get through the Super Bowl, got through a full season. Now, if we rewind the clocks back to last year when all the preseason games were cancelled, did we really think we were going to get to the get to the Super Bowl with no cancelled games? Equally, for our Pittsburgh Steelers, we had so many scheduling issues. I feel like we bore the brunt more than any other team of issues relating to COVID and COVID protocols. The players still f- fulfilled their end of the bargain. They got through, and I know they got paid exactly what they they were scheduled to get paid for that year and what have you. People that wanted to sit out the season even got compensation. But if the NFL can go through a full season with decent ratings at, at the least, with the 17 games set to come, everything is still going through, I think it's fair to, if they can work something out, to actually keep the cap stable because at the end of the day, they did get a full season and media brands are still looking at really big TV deals. Now, I don't think necessarily should go beyond it, but I think it's an interesting point. But, Mark, I actually really wanted to get your thoughts on this question. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if it's going to go down or if it's going to go up, like... No, I mean, like, should, should the NFL sit there and go, you know what, 
even though the, the, the cap is built off, I think it's roughly 48.5% of all revenues, you know what, we're going to cop a hit to the league, this to our profits this year because the NFL does make a profit and actually put money back to each team and go, we're going to keep the salary cap stable for 2021. What, won't it really depend on like the fans coming back in the stands and a lot of revenue behind that and different kind of TV deal and stuff? Like I... I know there's going to be a lot of like cap stuff with our Steelers and if our Steelers can't get certain things done if it goes down. But at the same time, if the cap the cap affects everyone, all 32 teams. So I don't think it's going to be a massive issue. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the cap guy. You've got the cap room. So, you know, a lot more than <laughs> I do. My only, my only really opinion is like whatever happens, um, we're all in the same field. So, you know... Um, we're all we're all doing the same things as Steeler fans and Steeler players, and there are 32 teams that have to get played by the rules, and that's why every year every single team has a chance to win Super Bowl except the Bengals, really. Actually, you know what? We've uh, we've actually got a Browns fan in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're, oh, we're happy cool. for any fans cool. of all NFL teams to come as long as everyone plays it straight. And you know, it's respect for everyone else. That's awesome. That's a really great question. We'll actually look at that in in part two, where we're going to do a bit of a, a an early preview of, of you know predicting what twenty twenty one might look like for the Steelers season. But look, let's crack into it. So as we said, the Steelers off season and the title of today's show is is about the number one. So let's just recap where we've been for the last couple of weeks. The Steelers. <laughs> The number one draft pick is the biggest question for the Steelers right mm-hmm. now. What are we going to do with it? What's the position? Our We've now got one less tight end in our locker room as well with Vance McDonald retiring. So that puts pressure on, on you know, our number one tight end, if, if you look at it that way, in Eric Ebron. We've got one new offensive coordinator. We're yet to sign our new one quarterback coach. <clears throat> we have signed one new TE coach in Alfredo. Um, not Francisco, Alfredo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not Fernando too. I think Jeff called him Francisco <laughs> in his podcast and, and um, Fernando in the in the preview. But it is a confusing name. Um, I was like Brian. I just think chicken Alfredo when I hear that. So yeah. let's hopefully they're not soft like chickens when it comes to comes to the the play next season. We've got one year of a lower salary cap. That's something we haven't seen in a lot of years. We've got questions like. Who will be the number one wide receiver if Juju goes? So we've got who will be our number one running back now with Connor entering free agency? Who will be our starting lineman? Who, you know, and as I said, who will back up our tight end, Eric Ebron? So there's so many questions. Mark, let's crack into it though. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Who will be our number one wide receiver if Juju goes? I knew you're gonna ask me that. I knew you're gonna ask me that question first. But, I knew so, it. Am I, am I, I know. And so, is it someone on the Steelers roster, or is it someone not on the Steelers roster? And you can play so both sides I've, of the coin. I've been thinking about this for the last few days, and I think you almost have to sign Juju to be number one. But at the same time, like, are you gonna have Claypool, Deontay, or Washington be number one? I just don't think you are. I don't think they're number one receivers, and I think Claypool is an awesome talent, but I don't think he's number one just yet. Um. I, I think you almost – I really don't know. I had a, had a bit of a uh, thought today where, you know, Big Ben needs that Heath Miller again. He needs that um, – who do we have? Do we have Lance Moore for a little bit? Was he – he was a stealer, wasn't he? 
I think he'll, yeah, like that guy that's like, if if Ben can't go anywhere or doesn't know where to go, he's got that number one receiver. Doesn't matter how talented you, talented you are with Claypool, you need to be on par with Big Ben all the time. So I, I don't know who they were, like who would be number one. I don't think it's anyone in that locker room. Um, they might bring someone from another club, do a trade or uh, uh, buy someone because I just think you need someone with uh, to be familiar with Big Ben. So in those third and fives, third and sevens, uh, when we have to get the or first third and third and really longs, <laughs> yeah, and oh yeah, what we always get, or like yeah. it's yeah, when we're our backs against the wall and Big Ben has that guy, and I think for a little bit, even when AB was there, Juju was that guy. Uh, he was that guy for Big Ben doing all those things. So that's that that question is is such a hard question because it really depends who can step up now. I don't know if you want Claypool to step up because then will they, you know, double him or take take away him out of the game? And then you've got to have the other two blokes step up and maybe another rookie receiver. So it's a very, very interesting question. Like, what, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, look, and it's interesting to see what people put in the live chat. I'm going to go a bit controversially. I do think they need to bring in a vet, whatever they do. Putting Juju aside, they need to bring in. I think they need to bring in a vet as we talk about that maturity. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion around like Hilliard piece, and you know, obviously he's a, a younger coach. You know, understands those guys a lot more of that player's coach. I don't think we, but controversially, I don't think we need a number one. You know, like, and I also think, and and Jeff Jeff talked about this Jeffrey Benedict in the um, curtain call, you know, show this week, and I thought he covered it really really well. Juju. The Steelers didn't use Juju in the right way. So analyzing his 2020 season is difficult when you're not actually using him deep down the field. Equally, he does thrive off a number one, as you said there, like, you know, we talk about AB. But if, if we've, we've got Claypool and you've got and you've got Juju and Claypool's learning that, as you said, he's not yet a number one wide receiver. You know, and, and Ezra's saying in the slot, Juju is amazing in the slot. You know, we, we didn't see enough of that this year. But do you really need one? Can you have a 1A and a 1B? Can you have two 2As, as some people are saying? I mean, Ben, you know, uh, Stephen K.A. in the last 24 hours, you know, I'm not usually a fan of him, whatever, but he did put it right. If you're not going to throw for 4,200 to 4,500 yards, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to cost you when it comes to AFC championship game, you know, NFL, you know, Super Bowls and what have you. So for me, I'm looking at it, I'm like, if you can spread the ball, so this season we had three wide receivers that caught for over 800 yards. If you had th- that those same numbers again, maybe one person has a thousand yards, and then you've got a fourth or fifth wide receiver or tight end that's getting you know six seven hundred yards there again. That's a that's a nice little pool to spread the offense. And equally, if we're going to have a running game that's strong, do we really need to have this classification of a number one wide receiver? Now you look at it this season. If the salary cap's lower. Obviously, you want to save some money. Juju doesn't come back. But I just sit there and I think this offense, if you are bringing Big Ben back, signing Juju to me is more important than signing Bud Dupree. Because from from what I'm sitting here saying is that when I look at Bud Dupree, he's going to be a lot more than the $6 million that we saw coming out this week. You're not going to just now bench Alex Highsmith. That makes no sense. You know, so... If you can work out a deal, like to me, apart from Cameron Sutton, my mind is on Juju because as much as we love this defense, this defense will be good, like even without Bud Dupree. But 
if we're going to beat a team like Kansas City, if we're going to beat a team like the, you know, the Buffalo Bills when they're not at home, you know, you got to be able to score points. And to me, that starts with who you got at wide receiver. That's just the way I'm seeing it. See, I, I think you're correct there, but one thing I would probably disagree with, and I, I'm, I might change my opinion next week or in, in two months, but um, from what I saw, I've been watching a little bit of uh, past Super Bowls, and, and I yeah. think the reason the number one, uh, being number one receiver, and what I saw in that drive with Big Ben to, to Holmes throughout that drive and that catch, I just think in what we said all year, all year, both you and I said, pick your poison, pick your poison pick your poison and it didn't matter who you threw to. But I yeah. think sometimes with how Big Ben plays and it's coming into maybe his last year, which I still want him here. Um, I know like I've even on my Steelers Nation Australia page, I've put uh, two years ago when he when he was injured, I, I thought he was done. Now, I think the way that Big Ben plays is if he has a number one, then they they can move the ball around the field a lot easier um, and he can he can trust someone. And and that 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 drive in itself shows you how Holmes turned up and won in the game. So I see what you're saying where, yes, we have f- four or five receivers, and maybe if Juju, Juju doesn't come back, then we have, you know, a rookie and someone else in there. But then where where is Ben's, you know, but, most comfortable but, receiver? But that is Juju. And that's the thing that I think about we think this season. Juju didn't necessarily have over 1,000 yards, but when Ben needed to hit a target and get key first downs or start to get momentum, Juju caught it. I mean, there were there were passes that he caught where he'd have two or three blokes with him. He's been in the middle off the slant. I mean, uh, yeah, for me, that short passing game and what Juju was able to do and, and those, those weeks and weeks out where he saw – you know, several times where he'd catch like nine out of 13 targets or 10 out of 13 or what have you. For me, he our idea of a number one wide receiver isn't, you know, AJ Green in his prime, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, those sorts of players, Andre Johnson when he was at the Texans. You know, we've got these ideas of what this number one is, but does a number one actually have to be a number one by, by getting the most touchdowns and the most yards per week? No, it's your number one go-to. And that's my point is that if you're bringing ben, Big Ben back at a lower salary cap, bring back people that he's familiar with. And I, for me, when you've got Claypool and he's going into his second year, you've got Johnson going into his to his third, you know, I'm, it's just a bit of a, I don't know, I'm a bit uneasy so, about that from the so locker your, room. So your argument, Maddie, is basically choosing Juju over Bud Dupree. You can't sign both. You have to sign one or the other. Would that not be? With, not with 20 free agents and how far they're over uh-huh. the salary cap. No uh, I, I get what you're saying. So you've got Juju come back and we have a great rece- uh, receiving call, which... They did really well this year, and it's only going to get better. So, in in that in that point, I think you are correct, and we have to keep Juju there. Um, I would still like to see. I, I'm a defensive man. I like to see. I would like to see TJ and Bud play again, uh, even though coming off the injury and have a proven year and do it all again. And like you said, it's either one or the other, right? So if we have, if we have Bud, and then when there's no Juju, who's going to be that guy to step up? Because I think that that receiving core. Um, needs a bit of leadership as well. I know Juju is 24, what I'd be doing. Yeah, what I'd be doing though is saying, Juju, if we're re-signing you, like this this TikToking stuff, the rest of it, like, no, you are expected to step up. You're the leader in this locker room now. You step up. That's the, that like no ifs and buts about it. Like you, you play ball, you grow up, you you act, you're not in a rookie deal anymore. Like you act your contract. That that's he's- what I'd be expecting. He's no Heinz Ward, but he's very physical. 
Like he's like oh, Heinz Ward well, was his was a presence in that locker room. You thought, okay, we got Heinz Ward, and he was the guy that in Super Bowl and forty and all those kind of things where he was just there. He just he just caught the ball and he was there. So I think that's what a lot of fans. I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but a lot of fans might think Juju might, might not be mature enough to be number one because we haven't. Um, I don't think anyone in the NFL has labelled him number one. Even if Juju goes to another team, they're still going to count him as number two. Um, yep. Like you said, like like the Johnsons and and Stephon Diggs and um, players like that. So for me, if we go the route of Juju, we need him. Yeah, exactly. To step up and have a better mentality and to really take this team by the horn and say, look, this is my team. I'm a stealer and I've got Big Ben um, throwing me the rock. But that's unbelievable to have Big Ben uh, in your corner. And what else can you ask for? And you've got Claypool on the edges. You've got Washington who can be a great um, third down guy as well. Or DJ can, can do some crazy routes. So, and maybe we need more of a kick on the offense. And like you said, with Alex Highsmith, um, why you got to play him. You can't not play the guy. So, yeah, this is very, very interesting discussion for, for both parties, really. Yeah, 100%. And then it leads into the next question because, I mean, you know, maybe you don't need Juju if you've got a good running game, but the Steelers had the 32nd best running game in the league. Notice I looked at the positives there, 32nd, because it doesn't get any worse. So, you know, the only way is up. You can't get much worse. I mean, you can statistically, but, you know, all things being equal, probably not. So with that news this week, obviously re-signed the running back coach, um, Faulkner. Again, I, I think the, the preview guys and might have touched on this as well. That really shows you, or Jeff in his left side, that really shows you the fact that they did think that it was the O-line that was the issue, obviously fired Sean Surrett. But Mark, that was my next question for you. It's on the along the same lines. Who with our number one running back for next year? Because it it can't, it's not going to be Benny Snell Jr., right? Are we going to look to the draft? Do you think they're going to get who they need in the draft? Or do you think they're going to go out and get a vet? Because like I saw, I saw a social media post yesterday that was just more of a graphic and it had three landing spots for Mark Ingram and it had him in all the jerseys. And I know he's old and a bit battered, but like he did kind of look good in – I'm not saying that I want him, but I'm just saying he did kind of look good in the Steelers jersey. I'm just saying. It's too early for these hard questions. Another really hard question is who is going to be our number one running back? Who, who is going to set the stage and push forward and do everything Steeler-related to move that rock part more than two yards. It's not Benny, but Benny Snell can be a great, can be a good second. Uh, McFarlane can be a good third. Will Connor be there? We've given the bloke a lot of chances, and he's played well. He's been injured a few times. But I don't know. Do we go with the draft? Like, this is another thing where we need to, I think we just need to, to, to work on the O-line and get, and get that more cohesive unit together and then put anyone behind there and make them a superstar. Uh, so, but but that's the thing too. Like, do we bring in in a free agent? Like you said, I I, I don't know if we um, bring one of those veteran guys in to like I, this is look. This is really off the cuff, and I don't think it's going to happen. And, and 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 don't tear away my steal a card. But I would love to see like Frank Gore in there. Like, just bring Gore in. Like, you know, he's second. He's second in yards. Like, this guy is like being a great NFL player. I don't care if he played 10, 10 downs. Frank Gore is just like one of those players like Larry Fitz, like a Heinz Ward. He is a bloke that you look up to and will give everyone else a, a great opportunity to succeed. I'll probably get hated in a live chat, but I don't care. Bring in Frank Gore, put him in the black and gold and see what he can do. 
Frank Gore reminds me <laughs> of those times when, as a kid, I'd wait to, I'd, I'd let, I'd be playing Monopoly and I'd start like getting people bankrupt, and then I'd make them just give me properties so that I, until I had every property on the board, the game would go for like five hours. That's what Frank Gore. Like. Are you saying Frank Gore's Old Kent Road? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, he's Old Kent Road. He's Old Kent Road in the English <laughs> version, and also he's just trying to get the jersey of every team. But that's hilarious. Oh, you crack me up there. Um, <laughs> in the live chat. Isn't isn't Gore like ninety? Yes. Um, yeah, ninety on the Madden ratings is really good. No, nah, I'm only joking. But look, <laughs> he hasn't been ninety on Madden ratings for about thirteen <laughs> editions. I just think you need, like you said, you need someone, a veteran leadership in there, on in this offense in in general. I think anyway. Um, so you don't have to bring in Gore, like you know, I don't think even Adrian Peterson is like thirty-seven now or something. Like these guys are old school, but we just need something to where the the offense is fired up. And I think it starts with our O line, and then we can we can move forward from there. I mean, I like I like the I like the guy from NC um, from NC like State. I think it is like Javante Williams. I mean, for me, he's just he's fantastic. If you can get him in the draft, I just don't want um, I just don't want to I don't want to spend a first round draft pick this draft on a running back. So if we can do a second, yeah. then that that would be awesome. Look at Ezra. You know, uh, absolute. You know, he's always in. He's always in the live chats across the BTC podcast. I don't want no more short backs. Nj six two. That's an interesting one. I, I understand what Ezra is saying there. Actually, there's a bit of size. Like I want, I want a six two, two hundred twenty five pounder. You know, just going to go in there and battering ram. I'm with you, Ezra. Um, but don't discount the little guys. They can still do things too. So it's it's an interesting one. Um, a lot of people in the live chat are saying, you know. Um, bring. <laughs> they're, going, they're going off of me. They're going off. There's one here from Ezra too. He says, "Bring uh, yeah. Frank Gore, Beast Mode, and Adrian Peterson." Yeah, let's do it. Let's bring back oh, Let's run them all in there. Run them through at once. Let's do it. Ah, uh, that's so. But it's an interesting question though, because there are some there are some decent running backs. Uh, here's a here's a bit of a snapshot of the uh, current forecast running backs free agency this year. Kenyon Drake. I'm actually quite a fan of Kenyon Drake, but I think you're going to have to pay him too much than what I think a running back's worth at 27. Todd Gurley, I don't know. I think he's a bit washed up. Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breida, Mike Davis, Carlos Hyde, who I think is a bit spent too. You know, there's, there are some name there are some names there. So you go get a, you go get a running back in the second round. You go look at what you can get in free agency on fit on a, on a small deal. Can you get value at, at two or three million for a running back that usually would go for like a five million dollar contract? Who knows? But I I do think that these these questions feed into the wider what are we going to do on the offense? What are we going to do on that offensive line? So, Mark, do you think if he's not retiring, do you think they bring back? Villanueva. Villanueva or Matt uh, Filer? Matt Filer. Villanueva or Matt Filer. What, what year is uh, Big Al going into? Is it like eight? This is year eight, I think. Yes. I'll, I'll pull that up for you. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's year eight. I'm not sure. But this was, this was brought up a few few days ago on one of the BTSC here. They said that pretty much. It might have been Dave saying that um, Big Al has pretty much been forgotten. Like, we, he, he's done every single snap. I think it was one of his stats. Since like twenty, oh yeah, he's done three thousand four hundred and fifty snaps or something. Yeah, so it, I'm not sure. Like I, I, this, this is the one part I really need to watch more, and it's so hard. It's so hard to watch the O line when everything, you know, the the camera doesn't follow the O line on a big play for a, for a you know thirty yard pass. 
Um, I'd be happy to bring him back and maybe have uh, would Dotson be next to him? Uh, Dotson and then uh, who's who's our center? Like this, yeah. There's so many questions. Like this is like one of the off seasons where what, what do we have? Twenty free agents. Like you can almost almost field a squad with that as well. So I I you might have more of an opinion than I do. I really don't know with Big Al. Um, I pro- probably should appreciate him more at the time while watching him. And you know he, he's a he's been a great player and he's a massive unit. And like yeah, to do three thousand four hundred snaps in a row that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. This will be he'll be going into his seventh season, so I just pulled it up. But I mean, as you say there, those snaps are crazy. Like, and to me, he only let in three sacks last year. You know, that that that's a good season. I just worry about this this thing that a, a lot of the guards and interior guys find it really like, you know, hard to actually play with him. And to me, that's a bit of an issue. But if you can get Al on a cut price deal, I mean awesome. But let's go to who was the number one left guard this season when it should have been Kevin Dotson or moved to Castro, flick Kevin Dotson on his preferred side at right guard is Matt Filer. Now he's someone that's off contract. For me, I'm only bringing him back to play starting O lineman at right tackle. If not, mate, you're super sub on the offensive line. I don't think they're going to be able to afford to bring him back. But Mark, what are you thinking about Matt Filer? I was going to say as well depth, because I think that, that game uh, with the Browns, you had to play Dotson no matter what. I think Dotson will be in a starting uniform. Matt Filer, um, another good player. But like I said, I don't really know too much about the O-line. All I know is that, that Pouncey was doing great until he threw that ball over his head. Um, I don't know. I think you can't get rid of all these players, though. I think at some stage you have to, have to count on depth and, you know, to be familiar with the squad and, and how the Steelers play and to build that cohesive unit. Um, look, if, if, Filer, if Filer goes, like, I think over a lot of our Steelers fans' head, it would be like, oh, okay. Then bring in someone next. You, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe bring bring a young buck from the draft and and start him day one. So you've got um, oh, you still got De Castro in there. You're gonna have who's gonna be our left? Uh, sorry, right tackle. Who's gonna be that bloke? It's gonna be Chooks, right? You'd have to think it's gonna be Chooks. I think Chooks has earned it. I mean, a lot of people are saying Zach Banner comes back. You get him on mm-hmm. a minimum after that ACL, and you know, then he and he won the camp battle last year. To me, Chooks showed up. I mean, give Chooks a bit of credit there. Like, he actually showed up. Equally, you know, if you if you draft a really good left tackle, right, you draft a really good left tackle, do you, do you consider whether they – I mean, offensive line play is like something that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm better at the guard stuff than the tackle stuff. But can they, can they move Al or can they put that left tackle on the right depending on who they bring in? I mean, like, what are the options? But to me, Chooks stood up. I mean, I just, I just think back to the way Chooks stood up in 2019 against, um, against the LA Rams. I just remember that game when he stood up, and I think he, there was those blocks that he put on Aaron Donald at different points. I just thought, like, you know what, mate, you turned up, you showed out, can't question that. So, I mean, it's an interesting discussion. But look, to close out part one of the show, because <laughs> today's show is all about the number one, and we've talked a little bit about that that first round draft pick. Mark, what do you want the Steelers to do with that number one draft pick? Well, I think, like I said, because I still want to learn more about um, the offensive line and, and I'm getting better every year, but it's, it is very hard to watch. But I do want, I think I want to see someone um, on the O-line, one of the, one of the big blokes in the, in the college football that can just pound for pound, put someone on their butt, like this, this, this you know, 
rock them and yeah, build someone next to Dotson. And if we bring back Al, then you start to build a good line. And we didn't get sacked as much um, last year, only 13, 14. So if that line can be good together and, you know, they can all, all learn together and they're getting, you know, a bit long on the tooth there and they're getting a bit older on the, on the O-line. So uh, I think you, you have to. And, and, and even the years I know from watching the Steelers, even back in the day when I was like younger, and I didn't understand pretty much anything about football. They always seemed just to, to do the O-line. And I was always looking for a flashy player like the receivers or the running backs. So um, bring an O-line guy and we'll probably have, or well, I won't have any idea who he is. Um, but then I'll go and look up film and I'll see him, you know, smash some DB or he'll be downfield and do some great um, blocks and stuff like that. Get that, that set because we need that for Big Ben to succeed. And that's going to... You know, and that's your focal point of this offense. What, what what do you reckon coming up in the draft? When is it? It's coming into April, isn't it? Yep, that's right. I think it yeah. kicks off April 29th, I think it is. April 30th for you and I. Um, I actually got the day off work so I can watch live. Yes, love the draft. Um, so I want to bring up what AJ, because I was saying similar on Twitter. I was actually saying similar in a BTSC Slack channel, and then I saw a Twitter feed with it. Um, Michael Beck um, from Behind the Steel Curtain, the deputy editor, um, was talking about as well. Now, I like the idea of what Jeff is saying, and I, and I don't mean to shove that away. I'm just sort of putting it to that side. But I like the idea of trading up if you can get him for Trey Lance, but I, I just don't. I think the Steelers have got to give away too much in too important year. If you're bringing Ben back, you don't do it. I know next year's quarterback class is a question, but again, there's going to be a bunch of guys off contract then. It might be 2023 draft before the Steelers are drafting the next franchise quarterback. Like that quarterback might not even be sitting there in college football right now. But if... I'm a big believer in best player available. And I think if we look at the Steelers, they are too. They fill needs in free agency and veteran minimums and practice squads and what have you. And then they go into the draft and they get who they think they can get. And if they miss out, they don't get them. And that was covered in the shows this week as well. But this is the draft pick. When you've got a, 20, when you've got a pick at 24, when most guys are going to be off the table, right? You've got a chance to trade back acquire more picks in a year with a tighter salary cap and a year when you've got 20 free agents, this is the year to do it because the Steelers fans, you know, we saw what the Steelers were able to do last year with no first round draft pick. Yes. Okay. We acquired Minka Fitzpatrick with that first round draft pick. Great pick with that proven player, what have you. But this year, if we look at the value that we could get in the second and the third round at key positions, we talk about running back JK Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor drafted in the second round. Javante Williams is probably an early second round. Can we push back? Equally, as soon as you go to the second round, you can commit less money to different positions as well. So I like this concept. I don't know whether I'd pick an exact order of what, what AJ is saying, but there's such value in this year. For instance, tight end position. You know, you've got, um, I think it's Freemouth. He's probably a first rounder. Brevin Jordan, who would do wonders for this offense in terms of a vertical threat. He's sitting there in the second round. There's a bunch of guys in the third and fourth that are available as well. Um, and we can do a bit of preview about that in coming shows. You know, we talked about running there in Javante Williams. You know, there's some great cornerbacks in this draft as well, or safeties that are around that second or third, um, those second and third rounds equally that some of those guards or tackles are going to drop. Maybe you just go back to the end of the first, but I think this idea of acquiring an extra second, you know, an extra third 
or moving back in the first and still getting a second or a third, there are going to be teams that are desperate, that are absolutely desperate this season. Um, and when it comes to this draft, let's leverage. It goes back to what I actually, a quote I said in in Caproom, um, the first one we did, or the first one I did around Warren Buffett's quote, it's when others are being greedy, you know, you need to be a bit more miserly, you need to be considered. When others are being fearful, you should go out there and be a bit greedy. And so this is actually the year that I think you might want to be a little bit, you know, a little bit um, considered and go get those picks. But look, that wraps up part one um, for this week's show. It's absolutely flown by. If you're on the YouTube or the, um, just stay with us for a couple of seconds. And if you're on the audio side, flick over to part two, where we'll talk everything, continue with this theme of number one, talk about 2021 and take a few questions as well. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.